Hi everyone, Benjamin Smith here, pastor of Revealing Truth Ministries, Wesley Chapel. You know, God is always speaking good things to us and he has a word for you today, we are sure of it. Take some time out to listen and we'll be back as soon as we're done. God bless you. Repeat after me, this is my Bible. I can be what it says I can be. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. Every verse is God breathed. And I aim to live by every word. It is essential to my faith foundation and works to change me from the inside out and to the person God created me to be. That is why I shall never let it go. It is reliable. It is the truth. It is divine. It is the word of God and shall ever be to me, my Bible, in Jesus' name, amen. We're going to go ahead and pray. Father, thank you for this day that you have given us. Thank you for your word that will go forth and have an immediate impact on your people. I decrease in order that you may increase. Use me as your vessel. Think through me, speak through me. I surrender myself to you so that your people will be blessed. It's in your name, Jesus, that I pray. Amen. Whenever a person teaches or preaches the word of God, especially when that individual delivers that message with simplicity and understanding, people of all ages and genders receive insight that bless their lives and guide them in being better people. I know every person in this session will receive something from God, whether male or female. However, this message you're about to hear is a bit selective, for I will be speaking directly to women. Nevertheless, to every male present or who will listen to this, if you listen closely, you too will be blessed. Ladies, as God was giving me the word for you all, I asked him several questions. Given that I'm teaching this session on the same, today on the same day that happens to be Mother's Day, one of the questions I asked God was, how do you see us in the role as a mother? We all know the roles as a mother, such as providing unconditional love and guidance to others, especially um, to our children. But I asked God, how do you see mothers? How do you see the role as a mother? God responded this way. He said, the roles you mentioned are true, but there is something deeper. A mother is more than just a role. At that point, I just asked God to just explain that to me further after spending some time with him. So this is where we're going to begin. Mother Day, Mother's Day comes our way every year. And each year, people across our nation and, and in the world jump right, on, jump right to talking about how great mom is. And it's true, mom is great. I know I'm a mother, and I know I'm, how great I am. Hey, sometimes the only person <laughs> to pat you on the back is you. So you better open your mouth and celebrate yourself. Amen. To all my mothers out there, I commend you for the job you do, a job that at sometimes it feels thankless. Remember, I know. A job that sometimes goes unnoticed. Remember, I know. A job that is flat out hard sometimes. You worked all day, you got to come home, prepare the meal, 
do the homework, get ready for the next day, laundry, it's endless. But it's also a job that is rewarding beyond compare, which is also something that I know. I empathize and I celebrate each mother because you, we deserve it. We are worth it. My heart wants to focus on moms, but my spirit drives me to tell you something more. What I must tell you is, Mother's Day is not just a day to appreciate a person who fills the role of mom, but a day to celebrate something greater. You see, at the core of every mother is a woman. And when God made her, he spoke purpose into existence. God said it is not good for man to be alone. Before women, a woman burst on the scene, there was something about creation that was incomplete. Creation was missing a little flavor. It was missing a bit of spice. Mankind was missing a certain innate power. So God reached down and formed a woman, and in doing so, he did not create someone weak, someone incapable, someone timid. He did not create a simple companion for man. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, we're going to look at that in the International Standard Version. And it reads this way. Later the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make the woman to be an authority corresponding to him. I want to expound on that scripture because in the footnotes when you're looking at those words, it just brings more emphasis to certain words in that scripture. And I just want to read it with those words added to it. It says, later the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make the woman to be an authority or make a strength or make a power corresponding or equal to him. On that note, as a quick side comment to all the men listening, Proverbs 18 and 22 reads, this is out of the King James Version. Whoso findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtaineth favor of the Lord. So to each man who is blessed enough to marry one of us wonderful creations, know that you have joined yourself with someone who is designed by God to be your equal. No matter what you go through in life, you don't have to worry because the woman by your side is always ready. Ladies, you know you hear those words, she ready? Well, those words are just not words. Them is facts. Point blank, the woman was made to be an authority. The woman was made to be a strength. The woman was made to be a power. All of this is what we really celebrate on Mother's Day. Mother's Day is a time to celebrate an influencer. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Influencer by design. An influencer is a person or thing that influences and the verb influences means to affect or change the outcome of. And its synonyms includes words such as guide, direct, control, impact. Synonyms also include more captivating words like entice, tempt, lure, and seduce. All these words reflect actions that bring about change. Upon understanding what it means to influence, it's obvious why the word influencer finds itself aligned with terms like ruler, power, consultant, guide, 
authority, force, mentor, motivator, change agent. All of these words reflect the existence of something capable of affecting change in a person or a situation. Essentially, an influence is something that has power or authority to change the outcome of what you currently see. And ladies, you are that something. Repeat after me, I am that something. I am that something. Women are influencers, and we were made to be an influence in the earth. My question to you, though, is what kind of influence are you? Are you a good influencer or are you a bad one? Are you a positive influencer or a negative one? What's your adjective? The adjective makes all the difference. You may be a basketball player, but are you any good? You may be a lawyer, but are you any good? Your mama may bake sweet potato pie, but is it any good? The adjective makes all the difference. What words should we put in front of your influence to correctly describe the effect on those around you? Do we place before your, before your influence words like good, or is it an influence based, best paired with words like bad? It's, it is important to know because you did not become an influencer, you were made one, which means you are being an influence on someone or something whether you know it or not, because an influencer is what you are. Repeat after me, an influencer, an influencer. is what I am, what I am. By, godly by godly design. Because influencers are what we are, it is no surprise that Satan gets great pleasure in oppressing women because then he controls a significant influence in the earth. Why do you think the serpent went to Eve first? It was not because of her weakness. Satan knew the power of her influence. Influence equals power. Financial markets and other industries know this is the case. Why do you think there's now a job description called influencer? That if that individual's following is large enough, they have the power to sway mindsets and actions of millions of people almost instantly. Being an influencer is no game. Once again, what kind of influence are you? Let me make that question tighter. As a, as a believer, does your influence point others towards God? If so, good. If not, well, it should. I do not want to assume all of your influences point people and situations in the right direction. In fact, the Bible contains many accounts of women who use their influence for the negative. That should not be what is written about us. My assignment today is to motivate each woman to use their influence for good, which is the way God always intended. I fulfill my assignment by highlighting for you examples and traits of a godly influencer. Then it is up to you to get your character and life in line as it applies. Once again, gentlemen, keep listening. This message will reach you regardless of your gender. As for where to begin, there is no better place to start than with Jesus. We cannot mention influencers and not give an acknowledgement to the greatest influencer that ever walked the earth. Jesus checks all the boxes and provides the first trait we want to highlight. We're going to go to John chapter 14, 
And in this chapter, Jesus is providing comfort to his disciples because he is getting ready to go back to heaven. Jesus is also letting them know that to get to the Father, God, it is through him. So we're going to start at verse 1 in the New Living Translation. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the Lord, excuse me, and you know the way to where I am going. No, we don't know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you are going. So how can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and, you, and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does this work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. This is bringing us to our first trait. And that trait number one is... Anyone who sees you and the work you do should see God. Anyone who hears you and the words you speak should hear God. Anyone who imitates you should be imitating God. You may ask yourself, how am I able to be a reflection of God? How am I able to be a, ref a reflection of his great influence? Well, thank for our policy. Guys, know we're talking about our policy, our Bible. As we have been talking about it for the last couple of weeks, it informs us that Jesus left us with a unique support when he told his disciples over in John chapter 14. We're going to read verses 15 through 16 in the Amplified Classic. If you really love me, you will, you will keep, obey my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby, that he may remain with you forever. This comforter is the Holy Spirit, and you and I can be a reflection of God because the spirit of the greater one resides in us. Because the comforter is in me, I bring comfort into a situation or can be a comfort to someone. Because the counselor is in me, I can counsel. Because the helper is in me, I can help. Because the intercessor is in me, I can intercede. Because the advocate is in me, I can advocate. Because the strengthener is in me, I can strengthen. Because the standby is in me, I am capable of remaining steady and standing by no matter, standing by no matter the storm. I am a woman and can be a reflection of God because God is in me. As my father's child, I can display this trait. Another trait of a godly influencer is a defensive one, but extremely important. 
A godly influencer always protects their heart, mind, and spirit from trash. In the book of 2 Timothy, we're going to go to chapter 2, and we're going to read verses 15 through 21 in the message. Concentrate on doing your best for God. Work you won't be ashamed of. Laying out the truth plain and simple. Stay clear of pious talk that is only talk. Words are not mere words, you know. If they're not backed by a godly life, they accumulate as poison in the soul. Hymenius and Pilatus are examples. Throwing believers off stride and missing the truth by a mile by saying the resurrection is over and done with. Meanwhile, God's firm foundation is as firm as ever. These sentences engraved on the stone. God knows who belongs to him. Spurn evil, all you who name God is God. In a well-furnished kitchen, this, I love this part. In a well-furnished kitchen, there are not only crystal goblets and silver platters, but waste cans and compost buckets. Some containers used to serve fine meals, others to take out the garbage. Become the kind of container God can use to present any and every kind of gift to his guests for their blessing. A godly influencer refuses to be a garbage can. Instead, they aim to be a vessel in the earth that God can use to bless others. I cannot let just any and everything speak into my spirit. I got to protect the reflection of God in me. I cannot just watch any and everything. I got to protect the reflection of God in me. I cannot just hang with any and everybody. I got to protect the reflection of God in me. I cannot allow myself to become the waste can, a compost bucket for the world's or other people's mess. I refuse to be a garbage can. You know the saying, garbage in, garbage out. So I elect aggressively, so I elect to aggressively stop the flow of any garbage that tries to come my way. A godly influencer refuses to be a receptacle for trash. Paul goes on to instruct us how to protect the God in us. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 22 and 23, we're, still in the, we're going to be that in the message also. Run away from infantile indulgence. Run after mature righteousness, faith, love, peace. Joining those who are in honest and serious prayer before God. Refuse to get involved in in-name discussions that always end up in fights. All of these instructions are applicable, but a key piece of instruction is the refusal to get involved in inane or silly, stupid, dumb, foolish, senseless discussions. As an influencer, your words are powerful. Your words are precious. Stop engaging in every type of discussion and debate. Just because it is media worthy, it does not mean you have to get on your soapbox about it. Just because everybody else is expressing their opinion, it does not mean you have to. Refuse to be loose with your words. We're going to go to Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21 in the message. It reads, words kill. Words give life. 
They're either poison or fruit. You choose. I love this script, this particular passage also in their easy to read version. And I'm going to read that one. It says the tongue can speak words that bring life or death. Those who love to talk must be ready to accept what it brings. Think about that. Ladies, how many relationships and situations do we have to ruin before we gauge when it's best to keep our mouth shut? For those of you who have to say what is on your mind, you may feel better at that moment, but just realize you must be ready to accept what it brings. And often people say that they're ready for the consequences. That is, until they get fired from that job because they couldn't control their tongue. Until they crippled that marriage because they couldn't control that tongue. Until they crushed that child's self-esteem because they couldn't control their tongue. Until they lose a cherished friendship because they couldn't control their tongue. The power of life and death is in your tongue. Respect that power. Remember, when you open your mouth to speak, the people listening should hear God. Do not pimp your words out to senseless discussions. Sometimes the best thing you, for you to say is just a silent prayer. We're going to keep on in Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2, 24 and 26, the message. God's servants, God's servant must not be argumentative, but a gentle listener and a teacher who keeps cool, working firmly but patiently with those who refuse to obey. You never know how or when God might sober them up with a change of heart and a turning to the truth, enabling them to escape the devil's trap where they are caught and held captive, forced to run his errands. This leads us to our third trait. Trait number three, a godly influencer is patient as God uses them to turn another person's heart towards him. To be a vessel in patience you cannot be argumentative. You must watch your tongue. It is unacceptable to allow any and everything that rushes to your head to come out of your mouth. Not acceptable. It is okay to be firm, but keep your cool. This is important because God is not just using you to turn that person's heart. God is working their escape from the devil's trap. No longer to be held captive by the enemy and forced to run his errands. No longer to be the devil's spawn. And it can all hinge on your ability to be patient with that person while God is at work in them. Another trait of a godly influencer is a conviction to keep Christ first. We're going to go over to Philippians chapter 3. And we're going to read verses 1 through 8 in the message. And that's about it, friends. Be glad in God. I don't mind repeating what I have written in earlier letters. And I hope you don't mind hearing it again. Better safe than sorry. So here goes. Steer clear of barking dogs, of the barking dogs, those religious busybodies, all barking, no bite. All they're interested in is appearances. Knife-happy circumcisors, I call them. 
The real believers are the ones the Spirit of God leads to work away at this ministry, filling the air with Christ's praise as we do it. We couldn't carry this off by our own efforts, and we know it. Even though we can list what many might think are impressive credentials, you know my pedigree, a legitimate birth, circumcised on the eighth day, an Israelite from the elite tribe of Benjamin, a strict and devout adherent to God's law, a fiery defender of the purity of my religion, even to the point of persecuting Christians, a meticulous observer of everything set down in God's law book. The very creden credentials these people are waving around is something special. I'm tearing up and throwing out with the trash, along with everything else I used to take credit for. And why? Because of Christ. Yes, all the things I once thought were so important are gone, gone from my life. Compared to the high privilege of knowing Christ Jesus as my master firsthand, everything I once thought I had going for me is insignificant, dog dung. I've dumped it all in the trash so, so that I could embrace Christ. A godly influencer does whatever is necessary to embrace Christ, including walking away from their former self. Nothing is more important than a life in Christ. Worldly accomplishments, not important. Family ties, not more important. Financial goals, not more important. Prestige and fame, not more important. Self-satisfaction, not more important. A godly influencer does not hang on to anything that runs the risk of displacing Jesus as their first love. Having a conviction to keep Jesus first comes with a commitment to living a life in Christ. This means becoming a disciple of God's word and allowing the spirit of God to free reign to be the ruling authority in every aspect of your life. We're going to turn over to Romans. It's a lot of scripture, guys. I hope you're catching them all. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 in the message translation. And I know this is familiar for those who are here often from Pastor Benjamin. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. God changing you from the inside out includes the purifying and renewing of our minds. That same verse of scripture in the passage translation says it this way. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live, live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. The Holy Spirit works to not just renew one's mind, but to reform it. Often we hear 
the phrase renewal of your mind and other tra Bible translations such as the King James and the Amplified Classic. Here though, that Passion Translation uses that word reform and renewal. Uses the word reform and renewal and reform are different. One difference between renew and reform is that a renewal involves a revitalizing of what is there. Whereas a reformation is a change to something new. Both renew and reform apply to the work the Holy Spirit does in the mind because the Spirit changes both what you think and how you think. The Holy Spirit directs a renewed and reformed mind to think as Paul wrote to the Philippians. Let's go to Philippians chapter 4. We're going to do um, verses 8 and 9 in the Amplified. Finally, believers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable and worthy of respect, whatever is right and conform, confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely and brings peace, whatever is admirable of good repute, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think continually on these things. Center your mind on them and implant them in your heart. This work of the Holy Spirit inside to renew and reform speaks to a fourth trait. Trait number four. A godly influencer is open to God changing them from the inside out. And no, ma no matter how uncomfortable, knowing that the Father's only objective is to bring the best out of them. Another trait of a godly influencer is in the way they cherish the relationships God bring their way. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, Paul is writing to Timothy with these words. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 through 6, message translation. I, Paul, am on an special assignment for Christ, carrying out God's plan laid out in the message of life by Jesus. I write this to you, Timothy, the son I love so much. All the best from our God and Christ be yours. Every time I say your name in prayer, which is practically all the time, I thank God for you, the God I worship with my whole life in the tradition of my ancestors. I miss you a lot especially when I remember that last cheerful goodbye and I look forward to a joy-packed reunion. That precious memory triggers another, your honest faith, and what a rich faith it is. Handed down from your grandmother, Lois, to your, to your mother, Lewis, excuse me, <laughs> Eunice, and now to you. Lord, goodness. Reading is fundamental. It is obvious that Paul took his role as a mentor to Timothy very seriously. It was just not something for Paul to do. Paul took that assignment to heart. Even when he and Timothy were apart, Timothy's well-being was at the forefront of Paul's heart and mind. The fifth trait of a godly influencer is this. A godly influencer always carries in their heart a connection for those they influence. As I read Paul's words to Timothy, I cannot help but get a little stirred up inside. Timothy's relationship with God has roots in faith that begin 
when his grandmother, with, that began with his grandmother and trickled down to him through his mother. Timothy's journey to faith mirrors my own. When I think of my life and really reflect on the wonderful influencers who molded me, I think of two people, both women, my mother and my grandmother, and I gotta keep my whoo, okay. The memories I have of them are ones of strong, godly women of influence, excuse me. When it comes to my mom, I must admit, thank you. that a lot of the strength she had did not register to me until I became an adult. I became an adult with children, my own bills, and my own <laughs> grown-up responsibilities. How much she did was little. The little she had was nothing short of amazing. And she did it always trusted in God. As a single mother, she raised five children on her own in the projects with very little income. She made some money through sewing, but not a lot. And that same sewing machine that made her money also made our clothes. She had no car, so we walked a lot, but never with our heads hung low. Mom wouldn't allow that. The spirit of God within her kept her chin up even when life pressed down on us. And if she could look up while caring for us, we had no right to look down. It must have been hard on her at times. It had to be. However, when the story was told, God honored my mom's diligence and her prayers that me and my siblings not become what the environment wanted to mold us to be. Many of our friends turned to selling drugs, using drugs, but not us. Many of our friends went to jail or to prison. Some even were killed, but not us. Many of our friends fell victim to the environment, but not us. When I think through the example of strength my mom is to me, I cannot help but acknowledge where she got it from. She got it from her mother, my grandmother. My grandmother was a gentle but strong woman. I remember my grandmother always being an encourager. I can honestly say that I never heard her speak a bad word about anybody. One visual I have of my grandmother that remains just so vivid in my, it's the image of her reading her Bible. She'll be sitting in the living room, sitting on the sofa, and she'd have that Bible in her lap. When I go down the hallway, look in her bedroom, she's sitting on the side of the bed, she's sitting there reading her Bible. She was always reading her Bible. Her, she and that Bible were inseparable. I also watched my grandmother in her various life roles as a wife who took care of her husband, and that was some work because he was something else. <laughs> Grandpa was something. But it didn't change her. She was still the same gracious, gracious woman. As a mother and grandmother, providing unconditional love for her children and grandchildren, that was my protector till I got home. Had to deal with my mama then. As a loving sister and aunt, 
and as a woman of wisdom to many people in the community. And during her life and through all of her life roles, I, I never remember her raising her voice. And believe me, she was far from a pushover. She was firm, and you knew her word was final. God endowed her with a quiet strength. To this day, there are times the Holy Spirit brings to mind memories of these two women of influence. Such memories always seem to come when I feel challenged as a woman of God. They come at just the right time to remind me of the faith that passed down from these women to me. Those memories remind me that I, like them, am an influencer. So back to our question, what kind of influence are you? Are you a good influence? Do you exemplify the traits of a godly influences that we've talked about? I know that when I think of my life as a woman and the various roles I have, my desire is to be a person of godly influence. As a mother and grandmother, I want to be a loving, nurturing, provide guidance so that the gifts God placed in my care develops into what he has called a purpose for them to be. As a wife, my intent is to be a compliment, good helper to my husband, a loving partner, confidant, and good friend. In whatever role of influence I am in, my goal is to allow the Spirit of God to guide me in influencing others for the better. From this time that we have spent together, I pray that you too will intentionally seek God as your influence, your ultimate influence and influencer. I pray that you turn to God as your authority, your guide, your mentor, your, your consultant. I pray that you submit your will to his will for you and know that God himself knows what is best. He has given us examples to follow in the Bible. He has also placed people in our view that have demonstrated or are demonstrating his influence through their own lives. Before wrapping this up, I know I have spoken a lot about raising and mentoring. I have not spoken a lot about raising and mentoring children specifically, but I do want to make mention of something in particular regarding them. As it pertains to children, I often hear women without children say, well, I don't have children, so why do I have to be involved in being an example or mentor for some child? That is a saddening mentality. We all have a part in developing someone else. Recall influencers are what we are. Therefore, whether you know it or not, you are impacting someone just because you exist the objective is to make sure your influence is for the good, not bad. It truly takes a village to nurture and guide the direction of our children. We should have great hope and expectations for generations to come, and we should all do our parts to see them shine. Furthermore, our children are not lost. Stop saying that. Stop saying you don't know what's going to happen to this next generation. If that is a real concern of yours, then roll up your sleeves and do what influencers do. Use your power or authority to change the outcome of what you currently see.
Focus on doing your part concerning your children, our children, and let God take it from there. From there, he knows what to do. Moreover, while you're at it, do not just stop at our children. Influencer, get out there and influence everything around you for the good. Influence children, influence families, influence classrooms, influence neighborhoods, influence industries, influence governments, influence the world. God knew there was something missing in the world with just man alone. That is why God could not stop at he. God had to create she. Because woman was the power, the force, the authority necessary to bring God's plan together. She was that missing and integral part. And without her, all the creation would be incomplete. My wonderful women of influence, God has created us with power and authority. He has given us wisdom through his word and the Holy Spirit. Furthermore, he has placed in our lives women of like precious faith. With all of these tools in our arsenal, let us endeavor to be great. Positive influencers for him. And remember, you do not have to work yourself up to be an influencer. An influencer is what you are by godly design. Amen. Well, that's what God had to say to us today. We pray that it blessed you. As always, we pray that the word of God blesses you, not just years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even days from now, but we pray that you got something out of the message today that would change your life immediately. God bless you and look forward to chatting with you next time.